podcast number three here for OHoosers.com. This week we have OHoosers.com managing editor, publisher, all things Terry Hutchins. How are you, Terry? Good, Tony. How are you doing? Doing just fine, thanks. And in this podcast, Terry and I are going to preview the Indiana State Sycamores IU Hoosiers matchup that happens this Thursday at 7 o'clock. So, Terry, just to start things off, uh, what are you expecting in this game overall? I mean, it's a really interesting matchup, and, and and you know when you when you say that when you have a Division One team going against well whatever they want to call it now, but I always just look at it as Division One AA. But when when you have that kind of a matchup, I mean you you expect the Division One team just to be able to to have their own way and do whatever they want to do. But boy, that certainly wasn't the case when Indiana State was here was in Bloomington last year. It was a great game. Uh, Indiana State had the ball uh, only down by, uh, you know, one possession really late and, and you know, had, had it was in the game and had a chance. And so, uh, you know, I really think it's it has the potential to be a really good game. Now, um, so much of it depends on uh, Shakir Bell and what he's able to do. And, uh you know, obviously, if he has, uh, you know, anywhere near the kind of game he had last year, Indiana's going to be in big trouble. But uh, at the same time, uh, I just think that, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those, you know, cases where, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a, he's a, a great, great talent. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I, I just think that uh, this is just such a measuring stick game for Indiana. I, I just think that they need to uh, to really come out and show that they're a different team than they were a year ago. And uh, a lot of that's going to depend on how they're able to defend Shakir Bell. Yeah, you mentioned Shakir Bell, who last season rushed for almost 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns, and you mentioned kind of had his way with IU last season. So... Indiana's defensive line kind of revamped new this season. So do you do you think that they have the capability and the depth to stop somebody like Shakir Bell? You know, uh it, it it's just so hard to it's so hard to tell. Um mm-hmm. you know that that you know they were talking that uh that he was you know he he's a that he he really wants to run outside tackles a lot more this year than he did last year and uh so you know now it's just a matter of if your guys um have the quickness to uh to, to get out there and do that and i think indiana's defense has improved uh and so you know when when you look at that and then you couple that with the fact that i'm not saying that they were embarrassed by that performance last year but you know bell did run for 192 yards and uh and had the long touchdown and and I'm not saying that they you know took him for granted or anything like that, but at the same time, you know it was clearly a game that uh i mean it was kind of a wake up call for a lot of people that well, boy this defense is gonna you know could potentially struggle if you if you have trouble against a uh, Division One AA back, even if it's someone who, you know, ends up gaining 1,500 yards, like you said, and, and Kevin Wilson called him like the Heisman Trophy uh, candidate from Division One AA. I mean, you know, so hey, th- there's all those things going for him, but you still, if you're a Division One program, you got to find a way to stop people like that. And so, I mean, I, I really think that that's the that, that's the big thing is that. Uh, you know, Indiana needs to show right from the start that they're that they're different than they were a year ago, and the and the best way that they can do that is to uh, definitely slow down Shakir Bell right from the start. And just sticking with the defensive side of the ball and, and talking about stopping Shakir Bell, I mean, we're talking about IU's defensive line and Phyllis and Bobby Richardson, who's coming over. Um, as a defensive tackle from the defensive end spot. So how important are those guys in terms of, uh, you know, stopping Shakir Bell and really setting the tone for Indiana's defense and stopping the running game? You know, uh, I, I think that, you know, there's no question that, uh, that that's, the, that's the big thing is, is, is how those guys are going to perform. But, uh, you know, there's, there's so many – 
I mean, Shakir Bell, you know, is clearly, you know, a main theme there. And, uh, you know, Indiana State's got a couple of quarterbacks. Uh, they have the returning starter, and they've also got a, uh, a freshman kid that they really like. And they're talking about playing both of those guys at quarterback this year. And, uh, and so, you know, it's a, it's more than just Shakir Bell. I mean, that's the one thing that I would think Indiana State learned from last year is that they're going to need more than that to, uh, to beat a team like Indiana. And then, you know, beyond that, um, I think Indiana is going to be a team that's going to score a ton of points this year. And, uh, you know, it's going to be hard for a lot of teams to, uh, to be able to keep up with Indiana just because of the, of how potent the Hoosiers can be on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, the, 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 the big thing for Indiana is finding a way to limit Shakir Bell. You, you may, he may not be one of those people that you can really stop, but if you can limit him and keep him down and, uh, not let him, you know, take control of the game like he did a year ago, I think that would be a, a definite step in the right direction for him. And you, you mentioned Indiana's offense and you've written a couple pieces about it and or at least one and mentioned it um indiana on the offensive end on the two deep right now has tevin coleman listed as the starting running back how important is that and how do you think that may affect Stephen houston's confidence if at all and i mean in my eyes and i think you mentioned as well i don't think it matters so much because i think houston's still going to get his reps yeah I, i think that uh you know really when you look at it uh uh, they got a lot of depth at running back. Um, not just Tevin Coleman and, and Stephen Houston, but D'Angelo Roberts and, and LaRae Smith. And, you know, you got a whole bunch of, uh, options there. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be one featured back that's getting the ball 25 to 30 times a game and then everyone else gets a few carries here or there. I, I really would be surprised if that's how it turns out to be. I, I think it, could be a two or a three-headed monster there where you see a lot of guys getting, you know, in that 10 to 15 carry range. And then, I mean, depending on who the quarterback is, and obviously that's the one of the big questions heading into the Indiana State game is who will, you know, as Kevin Wilson likes to say, trot out on the field uh, Thursday night as the starting quarterback. I mean, if it's Trey Roberson, all of a sudden you have another um, you know, essentially another running back in the backfield that uh, defenses have to be accountable for, and that can completely change uh, Indiana's offensive dynamic too. And so, keeping with the Indiana State theme here, IU obviously, as you mentioned, is gonna pass the ball a lot, and they're pretty strong. They've got a lot of great wide receivers and. Uh, you've mentioned a couple times on allhoosiers.com that you don't think it's going to matter as much who the starting quarterback is, um, and you don't think that'll affect if they go to a bowl or not or anything. So, how important is it for Indiana in this first game to maybe you know establish a run game, something stronger than they've had in seasons past, just for confidence going throughout the year? Oh, I think it's big. I, I really do. Uh, you know, when you are one-dimensional, um, you know, or when you're a team that has proven that they can't get that, they can't pick up that three yards on third and three or, you know, whatever the the scenario is. It's just, it, it gives the defense such an advantage. And uh, that's what Indiana has to do more than anything else. I mean, I don't think it's a balance as much where it's, you know, you want to throw the ball you know, 51% of the time and run it 49% of the time. I think you could have balance at 60-40 or 65-35 if your running game has proven that, you know, that they're good enough that they can pick up those yards in, you know, makeable situations, uh, whatever that makeable situation may be. And so, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, that's the key more than, more than, you know, a true balance, Indiana just has to prove that its running game is good enough that it can, you know, get the kind of yards it could potentially need to get in, in crucial situations. 
So what would you expect to see out of Indiana's running game in this first contest against Indiana State? Um, you know, again, um, I really think it's a situation where you've got guys who, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a group that is really, uh, again, it's a talented group. But, uh, I mean, when you look at it, they all kind of do different things. And so, I mean, Stephen Houston's the guy that is clearly the home run hitter and can, uh, you know, do whatever he wants to do. And, and I mean, his whole thing has always been that he has never been really good at, uh, you know, getting that two or three yards when he needed to. But at the same time, he was always possible potential to, to break the long run. And so, you know, you have that you, with with Kevin Coleman. You you got a guy who's just really really quick and can get to the outside and and uh, you know has great speed and, and can do things that way. You got some power guys too. Uh, um, you, you know, it, it's funny, but uh, Mike Replogle, who is a linebacker, has been playing fullback all camp in the in those. You know, third and short situations where they they need a couple of yards, and uh, I mean, he can really be a power running back. Um, you know, when when that's what they need, and so, you know, the, the thing that I like about Indiana in the running back spot is that you have a lot of options and a, and a, a lot of different guys that can do different things. And uh, you know, with Kevin Wilson, as long as you're able to hang on to the football, you're going to get a lot of carries. And he he's always been one of those guys that if you know uh if for some reason you're not hanging on to the football, all of a sudden you're gonna fall to the end of the line. And I think the end of the line could be a long way down on this team because you have so many capable running backs. Certainly, and I think something else that gets looked over maybe more than it should for any team in college football or football in general is how important the offensive line is in terms of the running game. Um, and Indiana seems to have a pretty solid offensive line this year. They've got a lot of experience back. Now, they did suffer uh, an injury that, you know, will be significant. But just talk a little bit about the IU offensive line and, and what you can expect from them this season. You know, I mean, it's a pretty good group. And really there's a lot of experience on that line when you look at the – I mean, both the tackles are returning starters, and Jason Spriggs and Peyton Eckert. Uh, you know, Bernard Taylor's a starter at guard. Uh, Colin Rawrig uh, was a starter or started several games at guard, and has now moved over to center to take the place of Will Maddy. And then you had the returning starter at guard in uh, Dan Feeney, who went down with the injury, and so now there's a little bit of a you know a question mark as to who's going to fill that spot at, at the right guard position, whether it's Jake Reed or, or David Kaminsky or Jacob Bailey or, you know, uh, Pete Bachman is another one that uh, his name has come up over there. And so, you know, you've got a lot of different guys vying for that spot. But, see, that's the thing. You know, there's there's a couple of things that stand out to me about the offensive line this year. One is that you have a lot of really, you know, pretty talented guys. and I mean that's that's the key that maybe Indiana has lacked over the years is that you know they just haven't had the depth on the offensive line or in the defensive line and you know when you're playing in the Big Ten and, and you lose your starters and you don't have capable people to fill in for them you know that's the clearly the the recipe for disaster now. This year, it looks like they have better people, and and so that's uh, you know that's clearly uh, you know one of the things that I think weighs in their favor. But then speaking of ways, the other thing is, is that these guys are just so much bigger. I mean, you know, Jason Spriggs when he was in high school, he played a, played at 160 pounds. Uh, that was two years ago. He's um, he's listed on the roster at 297, but he goes you know, 305 or, or a little bit more than that. Um, these days, uh, you know, Bernard Taylor's almost a 300-pound lineman. Um, David Kaminsky is. Jacob Bailey is. 
you know, Peyton, Peyton Eckert is. I mean, they've got some size up front, and that was one of the things that they always seemed to like a little bit undersized for a Big Ten line. They were all in that 280 to 285 range, and now they're up in that 300 range. And, uh, you know, you can tell that uh, off-season conditioning was really important for those guys. Definitely, and, and like you mentioned, they actually look like they fit the part for a Big Ten line. And, you know, one of the first times that I can remember since I've been around IU football, um, which is encouraging for the football team, obviously. So we've talked about the running game um, and and how it can be effective along with the offensive line. Um, and, you know, we couldn't do a podcast here with talking about the quarterback battle that's been going on really since the end of last season between Cam Kaufman, Trey Roberson, and Nate Sudfeld. Your personal opinion, who who do you see that fits the part for Indiana or do you think that this is something that maybe a couple guys do that for them? You know, as I've seen it evolve over camp, and, you know, it's not like we see a great deal of practice. We have seen a couple of the practices from start to finish. But for the most part, you know, when we get in, we get to see, we're in for the first 25 or 30 minutes and you're out. And it's hard to really tell a lot. But I guess I have a couple of thoughts there. One is, is that, I mean, I think that of the three, I really believe it's be- between Trey Roberson and Nate Sudfeld. Even though Cam Coffin was a starter last year for the most part and, and put up decent numbers, I think that, uh, you know, I really like Sudfeld's game. I like, uh, you know, he's a big, big, strong guy. You know, he's, what, 6'5", 230. Um, you know, he's got three inches on Kaufman, he's got five inches on Roberson. He he just seems to have that on-the-field presence. And, uh, you know, he's he was very accurate last year. I think he threw seven touchdowns and just one interception. Uh, you know, he's definitely got the strongest arm of the three. And, uh, you know, he's maybe not as consistent as the other two guys, though, in terms of, uh, you know, hitting people. And so, you know, um, but I still think that he's a really viable candidate. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you're going to ask me who do I think, as Kevin Wilson says, trots out there on Thursday night, I really, it's got to be Trey Roberson in my mind. And, you know, part of that is thinking of what he can do for you um, in, in terms of the running game and, and someone always having to, you know, be, be accountable for him. That's part of it. But the other part of it is is that, I mean, he was a starting quarterback last year. And, uh, you know, going into the season, and he played that first game against Indiana State, and then the second game against UMass, he broke his leg. And, I mean, it, it just seems hard for me to believe that if this is really a dead heat between three guys like they continue to act like it is, if all things are equal, I just think that, you know, that you probably have to go with the guy who's your starting quarterback going into the last season when these same three guys were on the roster. Mm-hmm. And when Kevin Wilson makes this decision, how long-term do you think he's looking at it in terms of, you know, is this guy just the starter for Indiana State and we're going on a week-to-week basis, or do you think he's choosing somebody and kind of choosing to stick with him? Um, you know, I don't, th- I don't doubt for a minute that um, – we're going to see all those guys play um, at one point or another and probably all of them within the first two or three games because um, I mean, they can all do different things. And, you know, if somebody's got a hot hand or, or you know, or conversely, if somebody comes out, out and, and starts out sluggish or whatever, I can see them going with a quick hook and going with somebody else pretty quickly because they really – Act like they have confidence in all three of them, and you know. And, and when you talk to the players, they all say the same thing that you know they don't care who the quarterback is, and you know, you, you know that's the company line. And I guess you wouldn't really expect them to say anything else, but at the same time, I mean, that they just seem to have a, a comfortability factor with those guys. And so, I mean, that's the thing is that. As long as it truly is that way and you really don't feel like you're, you have a big drop off one way or the other. And that's the other thing that, 
you know, that the coaches have said throughout this camp was that, you know, it's not that we're, you know, we're not going to change the offense depending on who the quarterback is. Um, those days of, you know, Kevin Wilson says those days of, you know, having to make the conscious thought to himself, okay, Sutfeld's in the game or Kaufman's in the game or Roberson's in the game, so we can only do, you know, this part of the playbook or whatever. Well, they act like that's not true anymore, that all three of these guys can do all three um, facets of the game. Now, of course, you know, you know, each one of them has, you know, that little added strength. Roberson's ability to run, Sudfeld's ability to to throw the deep ball. Uh, you know, Kaufman maybe runs the offense and uh, you know keeps them moving better than the other two. Who knows? But whatever it is, I mean, there's going to be things that. Um, the coaching staff will try to capitalize on, no doubt about it, but I really think they believe that all these guys can run the offense, and that's, you know, that's a really an important component, because last year that wasn't the case. When Roberson went out, and he was done for the year, I mean, the, you know, Kaufman and Sudfeld clearly were not ready to be able to, you know, do everything that Trey Roberson had been doing all through camp and, and all that. And, and it took a while. And, yeah, you know, they did a a formidable job. But at the same time, you know, it, it wasn't good enough to uh, to win six ball games. And really, that's the bottom line here. Mm-hmm. And after seeing Indiana State last season against the IU and, and kind of seeing their style of play somewhat, is there – Anybody on IU's roster in terms of the quarterback position that you think would be the most effective against the Sycamores? You know, it's hard to say um, because last year it was Roberson, pretty much um, th- that whole game, and I mean he was effective against them and and, and did enough good things. And and again, I, I think that a lot of the times when you're looking at it, you're looking at you know. Um, you know, you don't go back very far. I mean, it was just, uh, I think it was September 1st last year when when Indiana State was uh, in Bloomington and, and IU beat them 24-17. to 17. But, uh, I mean, Roberson, you know, was effective that night. He threw for almost 300 yards. He completed 67% of his passes, if I remember right, like 20 25 or 26 for 36, I think, for 280. I mean, he had a, a, a pretty uh, pre- pretty good game, uh, you know, throwing the ball. And then, uh, you know, he didn't uh, he, di- he didn't run it as much as, as a lot of people thought he would. But then he did the next game against UMass. So, no, I just think that, uh, you know, it, it's one of those situations where um, – you know, it's hard to tell if one guy's abilities suit, you know, Indiana State more than another um, because the only guy they threw out there last year was Roberson. And, uh, you know, I, I thought he did a pretty efficient job overall. And uh, so, so again, you know, maybe that's another reason why you come out with Roberson um as your starting quarterback, I don't know, but um, I think again, I've said this throughout preseason camp that I really don't think it matters which one of those guys is your quarterback ultimately, because I think that this team could get to a bowl game with whoever of the three is that quarterback. The 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 bigger question mark with this team is going to be defensively, and and if you can stop anybody. And, uh, you know, if they can, then, you know, this team has a, has a really good chance to, to win six or seven ball games. I, I don't have any doubt about that at all. I've always said that, you know, probably the, probably the most disappointing fact in the 16 years that I've covered Indiana football and basketball, um, if I had to look at one thing that was more disappointing than anything else, it was the fact that from 1998 to 2002, Indiana had arguably 
the most exciting player in college football in Antoine Randall and that offense was scoring 35, 36 points a game, but it didn't matter because the defense couldn't stop anybody. And Antoine Randall never went to a bowl game in four years. It's just hard to fathom with as, you know, as exciting of a player as he was and all the things that he could do. And, and, you know, I mean, it wasn't like they, he had a bunch of slouches behind him too. I mean, Lebron Williams was the running back and, I mean, he had, he had a lot of just huge, rushing games and they had some guys who could really catch the ball too and so um but again it came down to defense and and that's what it you know that's what i wonder about with this team if it's that all over again or if this defense has taken some strides and if it has then you know can they uh you know elevate their game to the point where they can uh the indiana offense can outscore six or seven opponents. Do you think there's somebody on the defense or a couple somebody's possibly that are X factors for Indiana's success or is it just something as a unit that they just have to get better overall? I think it's a, it really is an overall thing because, uh, I mean, you can point to the, to the secondary and, and, uh, you know, are the, are, are the corners good enough Cover corners, for example, uh, you know, you're looking at Timmy Bennett, who was moved from linebacker, and and Michael Hunter are the the two starters uh, to begin with. Kenny Mullins right there too. Uh, you know, you got good safeties and with uh, Greg Heaven and Mark Murphy, and then the freshman from Ben Davis, Antonio Allen, is it talk about you know what a great hitter he is and how he can uh, you know be a game changer that way. Well, the whole thing with those secondary guys, though, is that you have to put up enough of a pass rush to give those guys a, an honest chance back there. And so, you know, it is a total, total thing because if if you don't have the pass rush, if you're not able to stop the run and, and all of a sudden you're in less predictable situations, then it's 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 hard for everybody to be able to do their job, you know, to the best of their ability and uh you know the, the way that you would want them to in order to, to to have a chance to be successful and so it's uh you know it, it's not just one uh player or i mean or or one group you know you you look at the linebackers and and you got David Cooper starting at middle linebacker you got Griffin Dahlstrom and and they're going to start with Steve Funderburk, the JC transfer on the other side. Although it wouldn't surprise me if TJ Simmons moves to the outside here at, at one point or another, uh, the true freshman. Uh, Flo Harden is another one that's seen a lot of time. And so, you know, the linebacking core, I mean, that's a really, really integral part of all of this because that group needs to be better than that it has been in, in recent years. And so I think that that's probably something that you look at, too. And, and so we've talked about uh, most of the groups of guys in terms of their core, but we really haven't touched on a whole lot. It's possibly Indiana's strongest core, in ter- and that's their receiving. Their receivers um, right now on the depth chart, they've got Shane Wynn, Cody Latimer, Kofi Hughes starting. But, I mean, backing up, you've got Roundtree, Ricky Jones, Deweese Wilson, Nick Stoner as well. I mean, that's. That's a solid set, a group of seven guys that are, are very strong. So just talk a little bit about Indiana's receiving core and, and what you'd expect from them this season and how can, they can help out the, uh, the quarterbacks as well. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you touched on seven guys who, you know, all those guys could be in the mix one way or the other and get uh, and catch a lot of balls, but you didn't mention the three tight ends, and they're part of it too. Ted Bolzer, uh, uh, Corsaro, and uh, Danny Friend, the true freshman. So, I mean, you really have ten options, plus the guys coming out of the backfield. That's the thing, is that you have so many different ways to beat you, to beat a team, and so many different kinds of receivers. I mean, you got possession receivers, you got burners, you got, you know, guys that uh, can really make people miss after the catch. You really... I really think it's the best uh, receiving core in the Big Ten, and uh, I really believe that over time that that will play out. And, 
you know, that kind of goes back to what I was saying before that, you know, in terms of a balance between the the passing and the running game, it doesn't have to be 51-49. It can be 60-40. It can be 65-35 or whatever because you have so much talent at the receiving positions that you need to take advantage of that. And so I expect that the ball is going to be in the air a lot this year or the short passing game is going to be, uh, you know, the – the the equivalent of some of those five and six yard runs that they want to get just those quick hits over the middle to to Bolzer and to Casaro and and to some of the possession receivers as well. So I think that uh, it's a really interesting group. Uh, it's a it's a really it's a veteran group. Uh, you know when you you talked about Kofi Hughes as a senior and and Wynn and Stoner are both juniors and so is Cody Latimer. Deweese Wilson's a fifth year senior. So, uh, you know, you have a lot of experience there. And, again, you've got uh, quarterbacks that can get them the ball. And, uh, no, I just think that when you look at that group and you add in the tight ends and you add in the running backs coming out of the backfield that can catch little flip passes and stuff, uh, you just have so many different uh, people that a defense has to be accountable for. They can't just key on one guy. Looking at the two deep, uh, at the tight end position, uh, especially, were you surprised to see Danny Friend on there? And, and by him being added, what do you think that means? I mean, in my eyes, obviously, that means that Indiana may be running some two tight end sets, and, and Danny Friend is probably going to get some playing time or he wouldn't be added there. No, I think he is. Um, the other thing is they say he may be the best blocking tight end of the three, too. And, uh, but we've seen a lot in camp of Corsaro and Bolzer both in terms of making a lot of plays, especially in the red zone, uh, using them down there. Um, and there have been a lot of, uh, a lot of two tight end formations. I wouldn't be surprised to see a three tight end formation. I mean, they're going to do a lot of different creative things. And, uh, yeah, I think all three of those guys play. Uh, Bolzer, you know, he, he had the big year last year, 41, 42 balls he caught or whatever. Um, you know, he's a big guy, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, Danny Friend's the same way, kind of built the same way, 6'5", 250. And Corsaro's not as big, not, not as tall, but he's he's really thick at 6'1", 250. And, uh, I mean, they all are, uh, you know, very capable uh, pass catchers. And, uh, you know, there was a time in the mid-2000s where the tight end position kind of became an afterthought in the Indiana offense, but I think those days are over. I I think that the tight end spot will be a a focal point in this offense this year. And and so we've we've touched on all the positions um, for the most part um, outside of the kicking game. Um, How important do you think the kicking game is for Indiana this year and, and I mean, in my eyes, I think, you know, Mitch Ewald could, could win or lose him a couple games, and I think he'd win him for him. I mean, he's a, uh, one of the best kickers in the Big Ten, if not the country. So uh, just talk a little bit about him and what you think he brings to the IU in terms of just his skill level and also his his um, experience and leadership. You know, I think that I mean, all, you, all you have to know about Mitch Ewald is, is that, you know, he's Indiana's all-time field goal percentage um, you know, leader at 80%. I think he's 44 or 55 in his career. Uh, he was like 29 of 34 in his career in Big Ten games, which is 82%. So he's been a steady, steady guy. Doesn't have the the crazy range, or he he hasn't uh, hasn't had a chance to really show if he has that crazy range. His his career long field goal is 49. He did it as a freshman and as a sophomore. Um, but, you know, he's steady. And, you know, you said that you, th- you thought he's a guy that could win you games or lose you games, but, and, and you thought that, uh, that, you know, it would be more on the winning side than the losing. And I don't think there's anyone that thinks anything but that when you, when you talk about Ewald. He's the kind of guy that you want in there when the game's on the line because, uh, because he's that steady and he's going to perform. When I look at the Indiana kicking game, though, it's the punting that I worry about. It's, uh, you know, uh, 
Eric Toth and uh, and Nick Campos were the two guys all through camp that you know battled back and forth and really wasn't a clear cut favorite. One would have a really good day and and then they'd flip it the next day and and uh, so I think you know since Toth had started, I think he started from week five on last year, and so you know. He's a returning starter. He gets the first shot. Um, I could see both of them getting some time early, depending on how some of those early punts go. You know, Toth last year, he averaged 39 and a half yards per kick, which is okay, but it's not great. Um, you really want to be in that 40 to 43, 44 range, something like that. And his long last year in 48 punts was 51 yards. I mean, that's got to improve. That number has to, to to go up. He's got to have a handful of kicks over 50 yards. And so I just think that the punting thing and what that does for that, you know, hidden field position when, you know, you, uh, you're you giving the other t- team the ball in, in, in too good a territory and, you know, if they're 35 or they're 40 or, or even better than that, that's where, uh, you know, that, that's going to be a big key in the kicking game to see, you know, how Indiana is able to uh, compensate for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I certainly agree. I was thinking that as well. So Indiana, they played Indiana State Thursday night at 7 o'clock at Memorial Stadium. What kind of crowd are you expecting for this one? You know, it's hard to say because it's a Thursday night <clears throat> Labor Day weekend, you're not really sure exactly what you're going to get. I mean, I think you probably get a decent student crowd. Um, you know, Thursday night in Bloomington, first week of school, all of that. Um, Indiana sold 15,000 student tickets, so, you know, they, they're ahead of the game there. Um, it's just a matter of how many of those people come down from Indianapolis and places for that game, it's a Thursday night game, so you know most people have to work the next day, and so you know that that'll be a, a, a big key in the crowd. You know, the one thing you can say though is is that um, you look at all of the crowds in the Kevin Wilson era, only one has been under forty thousand, and uh, Fred Glass said yes last night when we had him in a, in a press conference. In fact, I even asked him what he was thinking as far as the crowd, and and he said, you know, that he, he's hoping to have, uh, or he, he thinks the crowd will be around 40. He says, you know, he's hoping for 50, but he doesn't think he'll get it. But, you know, I would think it'll probably end up being in that high 30, maybe right around 40,000 range. And you mentioned Fred Glass's press conference last night. Uh, can you touch on just a couple of the, the new things he's talking about, the game day experience, and just some of your thoughts on those? Yeah, I mean, the one thing about Fred is is that, and, and it's just the way he's always been, is that, you know, he he really, uh, you know, he, he does a lot of things. And he, uh, he he's always been an innovative guy who... Uh, you know, uh, is always you know he 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 has really made it a focal point of his athletic administration to uh, make sure that everybody has a great game day experience. And he's always adding something. You know, it, you know it was the the whole uh, uh, ball thing where if it's kicked in the stands and it's an Indiana thing, Indiana kicker that does it, you can keep the ball. If it's the other team, you're supposed to throw it back. And, you know, there's always, it just seems like there's always different things, you know, like that. Uh, um, You know, this year, I know that, uh, you know, some of the things they're going to do, they're going to, the team's going to enter the field, um, with uh with more fireworks and flashing lights and sirens and um and all of that um Tim Noble 
uh, from the IU um, School of Music is going to sing uh, back home again in Indiana now at IU football games. That's something they've never done before. Um, uh, that'll be accompanied by the the marching hundred. Um, you know, they're they're doing a whole bunch of you know kind of gimmicky things. Uh, you know, trying to get the students more involved. Um, they've got some different uh, performance awards this year. If, if Indiana scores 50 or more points in a game, uh, you'll, there'll be discounts at Kilroy's and Pop John's. Um, if there's eight or more what they call tap outs, which are getting off the field on third down, um, you know, there'll be, uh, you know, discounts. I think it's at Kilroy's as well. You know, it's just a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, one of the things that's the coolest thing that I heard was is that they're going to have this birthday party ticket promotion this year where, uh, you know, the kids, um, well, you get, for, you get four adult tickets, you get 12 youth tickets for 150 bucks total, and uh you get your name on the jumbotron and they also print the kid's name on the ticket that's the birthday kid. But you think about that. I mean that's you know, four adults and twelve youth tickets for a big ten game, I mean that that alone is a value of somewhere between two hundred and eighty and three hundred and twenty bucks and they're giving it away for a hundred and fifty. So, you know, they're always looking for things like that and and you know, and and the, the, the and then they still have the old uh you know the, the the standbys, the 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 knothole park for the kids, the red light special where they give away. You know they'll say if you uh, get to the concession stand right now, uh, it's free hot dogs for the next five minutes or whatever. Uh, you know they do the William Tell overture like the basketball team does. Um, you know it's it's just one thing after another, and that was the one thing Fred Glass said in this press conference was that he said, you know, when he started, his list of things he wanted to do was like six or seven pages long, and that he and Kevin Wilson sat down and they they needed to kind of get control of it, and they they got it down to like two or three pages of things. But so he's always got ideas and always got things he wants to do, and 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 that's what kind of you know makes. Indiana football kind of an ever evolving experience because you're really never sure all the different things that the administration is going to bring from year to year. Yeah, and another cool thing I thought that he mentioned was the uh, the new flagpole that's that's humongous and on weeks where IU wins they'll fly the IU victory flag and have special lights in the scoreboard as well. I thought that was that was pretty neat. Um, kind of gives it the Chicago Cubs W esque type thing and. I think that's pretty neat. And, I mean, you mentioned that some of it's just kind of gimmicky, but it's something that IU football, they've kind of been behind the curve and they're looking for any way to get fans in the stadium. And so I think just about anything that Fred Glass can try, I think, um, is obviously pretty helpful. Well, you know, and, and uh, I mean, I grew up in Southern California and, uh, and I was a big, uh, well, they were the California Angels then, now they're the, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever. But mm-hmm. Anaheim Stadium sits right on the 57 freeway in Anaheim. And uh, and it used to be that the, uh, the outfield was open and there was this big A that came out of the the parking lot basically behind the, uh, behind the left center field fence. And now it's all enclosed, so it's a little bit of a different look. But you still have, you know, you still have the big A there. Well, whenever the Angels would win at home or on the road, the halo on the Big A would would glow until the next game. And so, you know, you'd be driving home from somewhere, not really knowing if they had won or lost. And you know, as soon as you got within, you know, the the viewing of being able to see the the halo, you knew whether or not they'd won or lost. And that, so that was always kind of cool. And I, I'm sure that that, you know, it's going to be one of those things, that's a similar thing here where, uh, you know, people are going to be driving by Memorial Stadium either that night or the next day and they'll know right away 
just if Indiana was successful or not the day before. Yeah, and it, I think that's that's something that's pretty cool. So, so we're talking about Indiana, Indiana State. I used one ten of the last eleven home openers. I think they're thirty six and seventeen in Memorial Stadium in their opener. So, just uh, to wrap things up here a little bit, what what is your prediction for the game on Thursday night? You know, I really think that uh, it's one of those things where you're going to have. Uh, I mean, my prediction in my column at allhoosiers.com on uh, today, which is as we're talking, it's Tuesday night. But uh, so my prediction today, I think, was something like 52 to 28. Um, the uh, or actually, I think it was 52 to 24. But uh, I expect Indiana to score a lot of points and really kind of put on a show there. And I think that Shakir Bell will, you know, have a have a decent game. Um, but it's going to be hard to beat Indiana with one guy. And uh, you know, I think he'll get some yards, but I don't think it'll be as close as it was a year ago. I just think Indiana has too many weapons. I think that if they were taken by surprise at all last year, that that certainly won't be the case this time around because uh, they've been, uh, I'm sure, reminded of uh, that Indiana State stuff for a while now since it's the opener, and you know they've been. I'm sure they've they've uh, looked at a lot of tape of that game and that and uh, you know. A Division One AA team coming in and and you know basically taking it down to the final possession. So, no, I, I expect Indiana to win big. Um, but again, you know, all it takes is Secured Bell to break a couple of big runs and uh, you know get get that team on the scoreboard a couple of times early, and you know then all of a sudden it's going to be a different uh, different kind of game. And uh, so, again, it really comes down to the defense being able to slow him down and keep him out of the end zone. And uh, But if they, you know, are reasonably successful that, I, I really think Indiana wins big. There you have it. Terry Hudson's predicts a big win from Indiana over Indiana State on Thursday night. So before we go here, any last thoughts on the IU-Indiana State game or anything that you have to say to the allhoosiers.com subscribers? You know, it's just, uh, it's an exciting time for us um, at allhoosiers.com. You know, we're we're really just base, barely a month into our existence. Started up the site uh, the 23rd of July, and here we are, you know, the, the last week in August. And, uh, but again, it's an exciting time. I mean, uh, I, I know for myself, it's something I've never done before. It's a brand new challenge. I was a career newspaper guy that, uh, you know, the opportunity presented itself and it was too good of a deal to, to pass up. And, uh, and so we're just, uh, right now we're just trying to find ways to be able to, uh, completely, uh, you know, blanket, uh, our, uh, premium subscribers, especially with as much content as we can, and I think that people will like what we do with our uh, game week coverage this week. And and we've got like I don't know ten or twelve things that we're going to do at, um, in terms of game coverage, uh, a lot of quick hitting kind of things, and uh, some some different little features that I think that people will enjoy and. Uh, so you know it's it's an exciting time because we have a chance to grow something, and uh I really like the guys we have in place justin albers is is a great great uh basketball recruiting guy tireless worker and uh you know he's gonna be really good for us and you know I really believe that he's a must read for uh you know i u basketball fans in particular. And I think that uh, you know that 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 will be that that will definitely play out throughout uh, the preseason and and into the year. And then you know I've got some really good interns too. Uh, 
I mean, we got Tony doing the podcast. We have Nolan Blair, who is mostly a, a video guy who's already done some some really good video work for us, also doing some writing. We've got Joe Popley, who's an IU senior, who uh, can do both broadcast and, and printing, but uh, he's going to be predominantly a writer for us and, and really help out in football and basketball. And then we picked up a soccer guy, uh, Will Padgett, who's going to uh, – came over from B-Town Banners, um, has, uh, you know, had covered – uh, soccer for them over there, and now he's going to do it for us and uh, has a real passion for it, played soccer all through high school, and uh, I think he'll be he'll really be perfect for what we're looking for there. And so, no, it's just, a, like I said, it's an exciting time, and, uh, you know, I, I hope that uh, people will, will realize or, or come to the realization that we have uh, a product that is worth paying, uh, you know, 10 bucks a month for. Yeah, it's certainly an exciting time and tons and tons of great content up on allhoosiers.com and it's updated very frequently. And so I know I'm excited to be a part of it, um, doing the podcast and whatnot. And like you said, there's a great group in place. So I'm, I'm very excited and I think the website is going in a great direction. Like you mentioned, only been here a month and, and a lot of good things happening. So I'm excited for that. And, and so with that, we'll wrap things up. Uh, this has been our podcast talking Indiana State, IU football. That game, you can catch that on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. It's on BTN or the IU radio network. You can catch it on either of those. Terry, you predict, what was the prediction you predicted one last time? 52 to 24, and uh, I'm never wrong. So uh, <laughs> it'll probably be like 34 to 31 and uh, probably way closer than I thought it would be, but no, who knows? I, I no, I just think that Indiana will uh will find a way to uh to win this one handily. And so there you have it. So this has been another podcast here on allhoosiers.com. We certainly appreciate you checking out all of our content right there at allhoosiers.com. But for Terry Hutchins, I'm Tony Adrania. Thank you for listening. <laughs>